It's Sunday school time. It's Sunday school time. It's a wonderful day. This is Saturday. It is the 7th of August in the year 2021. It is a blessed day as all days are blessed. Dear God, as I sit before you to speak, I pray to you that my soul you will keep. And if I should die before I finish, I pray to you that any outstanding sins will be forgiven. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on our podcast on Anchor. And then we are also sharing on Facebook, on uh, Twitter and other avenues. And then there are other stations that pod do the podcast to send the podcast out also spotify you can find it on spotify so we, i it, this is such a blessing such a blessing that god has allowed me to be able to to talk about his goodness and to send his word out and i know that it's not coming back to him or going back to him void because where he sends it Even through me, it accomplishes where he sends it. It does what he sends it to do. And I, oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I will trust in the Lord until I die. I am so thankful. I'm excited. I am excited. Our Sunday school lesson, which is for tomorrow, which will be probably when you're listening to it or whenever you're listening to it. This is for the 8th of August in the year 2021. And we know August is moving right along, isn't it? I mean, the times and the seasons, they are different. They're moving faster, it seems. It just really seems. And I even asked my grandson, does it seem like time is moving fast to you or is it just me? And he even said to me, it seems that time is moving fast. And even birthdays come around and you think, well, didn't we just celebrate that birthday? just maybe a few months ago but a year has rolled around just like if you can hear the snap of my fingers just like that time is moving on and we don't have time and my daughter has suggested to me that I use uh, the lyrics of my new song as uh, and really it's an old song but the second verse is new to me uh, uh, use it as a poem as a poem, as a poem. And uh, I will do that, but I will do this. I'm going to recite it uh, later, but the the second verse of that song is, um, it's, it's getting late in the evening and our life's sun is going down. We're getting older by the second and we don't have time to mess around. And we don't, we do not have time to mess around. We're losing time by the millisecond. We're losing time by the millisecond, okay? So if you have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, or if you have and now you've gone back into sin, Let's do this. Repeat after me. And I even encourage you, if you don't think you're ready to do it, just please do it anyway. Because we don't know what's going to happen in the process in these next few seconds, okay? If you repent of your sins, and God will save you. He will save you. If you accept him as your personal savior, then you have an avenue to God. And the only way you can get to God is through Jesus Christ. And that is a fact. That's a fact, okay? That's a fact. All right. And people might say, well, how do you know? Because I've tried it over the decades. And I have asked I have talked with God and I have gotten the results that I know came from Him. Okay? Now, our our lesson today is entitled Living as the Children of God. Living as the Children of God. And we're in 1 John, the first, the third, excuse me, 
1 John, the third chapter, the first through the tenth verses, and I will go to Bible Gateway and I will read the King James Version of the scripture. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is so good. So good. Talking about living as the children of God. And our focal scripture is 1 John 3 verse 1. 1 John 3 verse 1, which tells us or says to us, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. It did not know him. The world does not know God. But we who have repented of our sins and accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Those of you who just did it a few, two or three minutes ago, this is you. We are living as the children of God. We are living as the children of God. God is so good to us, isn't he? Oh, he is so good to us. He is so good to us. In spite of everything, that's going on in our lives and around and around us. Some things are not like we want them to be, but we thank God because he's given us the frame of mind and put the spirit in us where even though things are troubling us, we are yet content in God because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to purpose. And it's according to the purpose of God. So if you're having trouble, if you feel distressed, if you're bereft, if you're sick, if you're tired, whatever is happening in your life right now, remember, Please remember that we're living as children of God and that God hears, feels, knows everything you're going through. He knows and God will deliver on time. Yes, he will. Because everything, everything that God allows works for your good for my good, because we love him and we serve him. We've repented of our sins. We trust in him. We obey him. And every single thing that's going on in our lives right now, God is doing it for our good. Oh, yes, it hurts. Some things hurt so, 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 so bad. Like that man on that commercial said, it hurt real bad. Oh, yes, it hurts. But remember, all things work together for good to them 
that love God and are called according to purpose. And another scripture, if your ways please him, he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's a fact. So, hey, he might not be acting right. She might not be acting right. It could be because they're running. They're trying to run away from God's will. But God, or should I say and, and, A-N-D, he will give you the desires of your heart if your ways please him. So let them run. Let him run. Let her run. God is doing what's good for you and he will give you the desires of your heart. He'll turn around just like a whirlwind and they won't know what happened, but they'll have to acknowledge the fact that I know I was trying to get away. I knew, I, I know I love you, but my mind, something was in my mind bothering me and telling me to go a different direction. But I know I love you. I know I love you. And I want to be with you for as long as God allows us to live and be together. And it's going to work for you. It's going to work for you. Let the will of God be done in your life. Your ways, let your ways please him, okay? All right, let your ways please him. And I guarantee, as Justin Wilson said, I guarantee that God is working it out for you. It's already worked out. You get in the position to receive it when he sends it and to be grateful for it, okay? Now, 1 John 3, 1 through 10, the Bible which is the word of God written, okay? Emphasizes the love of God for the world and for all who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God is love and God's love is benevolent, kind-hearted, sacrificial, and generous. Therefore, God loved the world enough to send Jesus Christ the Son of God, into the world to save the world and those of the world. And we can see that in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should, S-H-O-U-L-D, not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life, okay? So indeed, as Paul wrote in Romans, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse, God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. We were still sinners and he died for us. Just like those of you who repented and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior a little less than five minutes ago. God loves even more happily and deeply those who accept the gift of his son, believe in Jesus, love Jesus, and seek to obey Jesus' commands in the Bible. God proves his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, that's Romans, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse, Christ died for us. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. God's love for those who follow Jesus and their love for God brings joy and happiness to God. God delightfully dwells within the children of God for the bodies of God's children are temples of God. Now in John, the second chapter, and that's St. John, okay, the second chapter, the, the 21st verse, Jesus spoke of his body as a temple. And in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter and the 19th verse, Paul asked Christians, Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have found or you have from God, and that you are not your own? Now through the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son help their children love 
as they love them. And God rejoices when his children love God and others. Just as a father and mother love and treat their children differently from the way they love and treat the children in other families, so the father loves and treats his children differently from the way he loves and treats the children of other families. Because God loves his children, God will discipline his children when they misbehave, and his children will return to obeying God. Now remember just a few minutes ago, I said, if you have repented of your sins and now you started sinning again, so this is for you too. This is for you because God loves his children. God will discipline his children when they misbehave and his children will return to obeying God. God's children will not persist in disobedience or lawlessness. As the writer to the Hebrews stated in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the 6th through the 8th verses, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. Endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as children, for what child is there whom a parent does not discipline. If you do not have that discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and not his children. My goodness, if he doesn't chastise you, then you're not his. Believers in Jesus thank God that their Heavenly Father calls them His children, when at one time they were the enemies of God. And we can see that in Romans the fifth chapter and the 10th verse. John emphasized that believers in Jesus truly are, A-R-E, the children of God, not just called children of God. Paul also wrote in Galatians the fourth chapter and the sixth verse, and because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Through the precious gift of the Son of God and by faith in Him, we can pray to the Father and call Him Abba. That means our Father, okay? Exactly as Jesus did. My, 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 my God is wonderful, isn't He? John wrote, that the world does not know God the Father, God the Son, or the children of God. The reason they do not know the children of God is not because God the Father has failed in adopting and changing morally and spiritually the, the followers of Jesus into his children. That's not why, okay? The reason those of this world do not know that those who believe in Jesus are the children of God rests in the fact that the world does not know the true God. So when those of this world reject a child of God, that does not mean that something is wrong with God the Father or his child, okay? Now in Romans, the first chapter, the 18th through the 22nd verses, Paul explained by who are, excuse me, Paul explained why those of this world do not know the true God. And here we go. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. 
So they are without excuse, for though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And we can see that in Romans, the 23rd chapter and the 32nd verse. Those who are godly and truly wise know the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the children of God. Now, the followers of of Jesus Christ are children of God. However, as we read in Hebrews, the 5th chapter and the 13th and 14th verses, the children of God grow from infancy into mature children of God. Everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That means in practicing the teachings of the Bible, which are, which are the oracles of God. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. Now, as an example, think of a person's baby picture, their picture as a 12-year-old child, and their picture as a 21-year-old adult. As individual 12-year-old children, we had no idea how we would look when we became adults, though we knew what adults looked like. Hmm. Now, think of how you have matured physically and have looked differently over the passing years. In the eyes of our Heavenly Father, His mature children in the world may only look spiritually and morally like 12-year-old children. God has not revealed to us how we will look to God, to others, and to ourselves when God raises us from the dead and we see Jesus, or when He changes us from mortality to immortality, okay? So, because a scripture in the Bible tells us that we will not all sleep, but we we will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, okay? From the Bible, we learn much about the nature and character of Jesus Christ as an adult. As we learn more about Jesus from our study of the Bible and our practicing his commands, we become more mature children of God mentally, spiritually, and morally. We become more loving like Jesus is loving. But when Jesus comes again and raises us from the dead and we see him, or he changes us from mortal to immortal, we will become adult children of God in ways that we can only begin to imagine. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 chapter and the 49th verse, just as we have borne the image of man of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. Oh, what a great day. What a great, great, great day. Hallelujah. We're going to shine. Our hope of rising from the dead and seeing Jesus Christ face to face rests on God's love for us. God's love for us led to the sacrifice of the Son of God for us so we would or could become adopted children of God and followers of Jesus Christ. When we truly understand the true God, we will purify ourselves to live pure as Jesus is and lives pure. The Holy Spirit will help us live morally pure as we study the Bible, believe the truth of the Bible, and practice what we learn from the Bible. If we love God the Father and the Son, we will obey their commandments. Remember what John wrote in 1 John, the thir- second verse and the third chapter. Now by this we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. 
And remember what Jesus taught in John the 15th chapter and the second, uh, the 12th verse. The 15th chapter and the 12th verse of St. John. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. As loving children of God, we will not want to sin and break the heart of God our Father, the one who loves us and enjoys living within us. Pure love is not mixed with self-centeredness or selfishness. Pure love seeks what is best and wise for all concerned, for God, for others, and for ourselves. Jesus expressed pure love for God and others in everything he said and did in the world. The followers of Jesus Christ will pray that with the truths of God they are learning from the Bible and with the Holy Spirit at work within them they will love God, others, and their brothers and sisters in Christ with a pure unselfish love they will practice the law of love as Jesus did. Now in the fourth verse of 1st John the third chapter whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. John now defines sin as lawlessness. Whenever anyone acts in lawlessness, that is, disregards and disobeys the commandments of God, that's the law of God, they commit sin. Whether they're in the building or not, is how you do what you do when you do it and what spirit urges you to do what you're doing when you're doing it and how you're doing it, okay? So in the world, the children of God can see some people in every sphere, S-P-H-E-R-E, of human life living in lawlessness. When the children of God sometimes do something lawless, that means when we sin or if we sin, said when, okay? If their action brings them sorrow and leads them to repent and turn to Jesus for his forgiveness and to the Holy Spirit for his help to do right in the future, living in lawlessness is not their pattern of life. It is not the pattern of life for the child of God. Living in lawlessness, living in sin is not the pattern of the children of God's life, okay? The pattern of life for a child of God is loving God and others and seeking daily to purify themselves just as Jesus is pure, but they will not do this perfectly until they see Jesus face to face. A child of God wants to abide in and show forth the love of God as God lives and loves within them. Today, the children of God see many whose pattern of life is lawlessness. Self-centered people disregard the laws of God, the laws of human governments, and the good laws of a good family to practice selfishness and live with impurity. Their self-centeredness instead of God-centeredness leads them to think that it is right to do whatever they want to do in order to achieve their goals and fulfill their desires. The true children of God do not practice lawlessness, selfishness, and sinfulness as a pattern of life for they are not self-centered. Because the children of God are God-centered, they do not knowingly 
practice lawlessness as a confirmed habit or lifestyle, and when they learn that what they are doing violates God's commands, they repent immediately, and that's a fact, okay? That's a fact. Now, the Father sent his Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to take away sins. Throughout the Gospel of John, we see how Jesus loved and obeyed his Father in everything. Jesus demonstrated perfect love and perfect obedience to God. Jesus is pure love, so there is no sin in him. Jesus is our example, and so by prayerfully trying to follow Jesus' example and asking for the help of the Holy Spirit to do so, we purify ourselves. In this way, Jesus takes away sin in our lives. All children of God once had sinful habits and lived lawlessly. That means we disregarded the laws of God. Jesus removes these sinful habits and cleanses God's children from all sin. You hear that? Jesus removes these sinful habits and cleanses God's children from all sin. In this way, the children of God will not lead others into those sinful habits or hurt others through their sins. Remember what John wrote in 1 John, the first chapter, the seventh verse. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Jesus died sacrificially on the cross to cleanse us from all sin. The Spirit of Jesus Christ now lives within every child of God to help us overcome all our sinful practices, to help us live in purity, to help us live as good examples, and to help us overcome all temptations from the world, the flesh, and the devil. As a child of God, Paul wrote in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the 13th verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Jesus Christ will take away our sins and strengthen us so we can live in loving, joyful obedience to God. Oh, he will do it. I am a living witness. I am a living witness that he will do it. He did it for me. Oh, yes. And he's sustaining me. Yes, yes, yes. Now, when a child of God is abiding, abiding, okay, in Jesus Christ, they are not sinning and they will not sin. However, when a child of God ceases to obey, abide in Jesus, even for a moment, they open themselves to the possibility they will sin and to the possibility of temptations overcoming them. You hear that? When a child of God ceases to abide in Jesus, even for a moment, they open themselves to the possibility they will sin and to the possibility of temptations overcoming them. And there is no sure way that we will know that we will live to repent again. Okay? We don't know. We have to be forever and so careful. Okay? Every sin committed by a child of God can be traced to their, T-H-E-I-R, no longer abiding in Jesus during that time, even for a moment. Instead, 
they have chosen to love themselves more than they love God and to satisfying themselves rather than satisfying God by obeying God's commandments. That's dangerous territory. For the time being, they cease to remain God-centered. They sin because they have turned from God-centeredness to self-centeredness, from obeying Jesus' commands to lawlessness. For the time being, they live as though they have never seen or known Jesus. Unless practicing sin, lawlessness, and selfishness becomes a persistent habit requiring the discipline of God, a child of God will soon remember what they have seen in Jesus and what they know about Jesus and repent of their sins. They will soon turn back to Jesus and to abiding in Jesus. I don't know why I keep wanting to put an O there. I don't know why. I'm not seeing an O. They will soon turn back to Jesus and to abiding in Jesus. They will soon pray and seek once again to purify themselves and as Jesus is pure. My goodness, my goodness. Now some have taught that if you believe in God, and we have to really be careful, okay? Because if we're not careful, we'll be turned about by every wind and doctrine. Somebody say something here. If you're not careful, if you're not rooted and grounded in the gospel, if you're not rooted and grounded and Jesus doesn't have a hold of your heart and soul, you'll believe this and that and the other. Okay, you'll believe something they say over here. Or you'll consider something they say over here. But listen to this. Some have taught that if you believe in God or say you believe in Jesus, that it does not matter how you live because God will forgive you. And some people say once saved, always saved. Uh-uh, no, no. Because when you start sinning again, you're a backslider and you're a sinner, okay? So if you confess and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, yes, you are saved. But if you turn back and start sinning again, go into self-centeredness again, start sinning again, you are not saved, okay? It's a fact. So don't be fooled up. Don't be fooled up, okay? Some say, I'm going to heaven anyhow. Uh Uh-uh, you ain't going anyhow. You have to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Spirit of God. And you have to be that on the day of judgment. So some have taught that when a believer sins, God sees Jesus instead of them because they are covered by the blood of Jesus. Some people really believe that, but let me tell you, Let me tell you, don't be fooled up, okay? Some think that you can be a Christian, a good Christian, without being moral or law-abiding according to the Bible. Disregarding what the Bible clearly teaches, some invent a theology suited to the immoral style of life they want to live. Those who think and say that it does not matter if a believer lives in lawlessness, impurity, or selfishness deceive themselves and may deceive others, even some in the church. John clearly wrote that the Father and the Son expect the children of God to do what is right, to live moral lives, moral lives according to the Bible's teachings and to love God and others. If they do what is right, they are righteous just as Jesus is righteous. They will purify themselves just as Jesus is pure. Of course, they will only do what is right and practice purity because Jesus has cleansed them from all sin and the indwelling Holy Spirit helps them understand and practice the Bible's teachings. 
the children of God must never think they do not need to obey God or that they can live immorally and make our holy God happy with them. He is not happy with our sins, okay? No, no way, no how, never will be. And he is giving us a chance to get it right if we don't have it right and to keep it right if we do have it right, okay? Now, John now begins, again, to draw a sharp contrast between the children of God and the children of the devil or between the family of God and the family of the devil. In John, the eighth chapter and the 42nd verse, Jesus described the children of God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now I am here. I did not come on my own, but he sent me. The children of God love and obey Jesus and his father, okay? We love and obey Jesus and God, okay? They do not, we do not, or we do what is right. We do not sin, okay? Okay? And and we're going to get into that a little bit deeper, okay? They do what is right and practice righteousness. In John, the 8th chapter and the 44th verse, Jesus described some as children of the devil. You are from your father the devil, and you choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is what Jesus said. The children of the devil do what is contrary to the law of love. They practice lawlessness. They will not tell the truth and they will try to deceive and destroy morally, spiritually, and physically the children of God. They hate and want to destroy Christians and the children and the Christian faith because they prefer the works of the devil to the works of God. They want to live in selfishness and gratify themselves. Oh my goodness. And the ninth verse, the 10th verse will be our last verse of 1 John the 3rd chapter, who so ever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remaineth within him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is disregarding and disobeying the commands of God the Father and God the Son. Those who live self-centeredly, selfishly, and unlovingly abide, that means they remain in sin. In John, the third chapter, the sixth verse, Jesus taught, What is born of the flesh is is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. So those who are born of the Spirit are born of God, do not practice lawlessness as a way of life. You hear that? Those who are born of the Spirit are born of God, do not practice lawlessness as a way of life. They do not disregard the commands of God. They try to practice loving and obeying God with the help of the Holy Spirit according to the Bible. Acting sinfully is the exception. That's E-X-C-E-P-T-I-O-N. Acting sinfully is the exception to the rule or practice of their lives, okay? So if they disobey God, they immediately feel sorrowful, 
repent, receive God's forgiveness through Jesus, and return to loving and obeying God with the empowerment of the indwelling Holy Spirit. God's seed is the Holy Spirit and word of truth that abide in the influence of the children of God. Now in John, the 14th chapter, and the 17th verse, Jesus taught, This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. So because the children of God are born of God and the spirit of truth indwells and remains within them, they do not live in a state of disobedience to God or practice lawlessness. If a child of God disobeys God, they will grieve before God and practice what John wrote in 1 John, the first chapter, the 9th through the 10th verses. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So by the grace of God, the word of God and the spirit of God indwell and abide in the children of God so they will confess their disobedience, receive the forgiveness of God and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Oh my God, this is the last verse of this lesson. And I want to say to you that this is uh, L.G. Parkhurst Jr. version of the uh, Sunday School Commentary, which is based on the International Sunday School lesson, okay? It might be different from your lesson, but it is based on the International Sunday School lesson, okay? So, whereas John wrote in 1 John, the third chapter in the first verse, that those of the world do not know God or the children of God. In 1 John 3.10, John wrote how we can recognize the children of the devil as Jesus and the Bible define them. First, the children of the devil do not do what is right, therefore they are not righteous. Because they do not do what is right, what is right is obeying the commands of God and Jesus, which is the law of love, okay? We know they are not from God. Tellingly, John warned that those who do not practice the law of love in relation to those who are the children of God are also children of the devil, which also explains another reason the children of the devil persecute the children of God, even as they persecuted Jesus. In John, the 15th chapter and the 20th verse, Jesus taught his disciples, remember the world that I said, excuse me, please. Remember the word that I say unto you. This is what Jesus taught his disciples in John the 15th chapter and the 20th verse. Servants are not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So those in the church today do not love their brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? Those in the church today, I am going back to correct myself. You know, I have this OCD thing, okay, about making sure that everything is right. And it might not be OCD, but I, I cannot put something out there that's not right, okay? Those in the church today who do not love their brothers and sisters in Christ need to examine themselves, repent of violating the law of love, and begin living in the church as a child of God rather than a child of the devil if they are truly a child of God.
To live as a child of God, a person must be born again or born from above as Jesus taught. We can see John the third chapter and 16th verse and Acts the second chapter, the 36th through the 41st verse. I will repeat this because this is so important as well as everything else. Those in the church today who do not love their brothers and sisters in Christ need to examine themselves, repent of violating the law of love, and begin living in the church as a child of God rather than a child of the devil if they are truly a child of God. To live as a child of God, a person must be born again or born from above as Jesus taught. Oh my God, that is our Sunday school lesson for the 8th of August in the year 2021, living as the children of God. We've got to get it right if we don't have it right and keep it right if we do have it right. Get it right, keep it right. Because when Jesus comes back on the day of judgment, it will be too late to start repenting. Okay? It will be too late to start repenting. So repent now and be saved. Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Serve God. Love your brothers and sisters all over the world. Love everybody, okay? But use wisdom in what you're doing. I love you. I love you. I love you. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on Anchor Podcast. We have so many different stores and you will see those those, uh, radio stations that the podcast is broadcast on as you go into the podcast. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I pray that God will continually bless and keep you and that your soul is saved and will be saved on the day of judgment.